0: thanks for joining me on real talk nft where we talk about all things nft and web3 related as you know i'm your host brian i got my guy co-host joe here we have a really special guest here today one of the top blue chip projects on the eth ecosystem the owner the founder the visionary of campi pandas it's josh also known as icebags on twitter hey man thank you for joining us today really happy to have you on the pod
1: yeah happy to be here appreciate you having me on
0: Hey, man, uh, as we know, we were talking about a little bit before we went live here, but I've been trying, I've been hounding you for months to try to get you on the podcast because I'm like the biggest Campi Panda fan around. Uh, just been following this project. We, we actually, my DraftKings days, we were always talking about some things and collaborations and just love that finally got you on the podcast so our audience can learn more about Campi Pandas, uh, you know, in I guess we should just start off, tell me a little bit about your background, how you even got into Web3 and NFTs, because I know you're an entrepreneur at heart, but you've gotten to this wild world of crypto.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, entrepreneur, since I was probably 20, I think I started my first like business, it really took off at like 27 years old. Um, so about 15, 14, 15 years ago. Uh, and it was a lot of real estate, property management type stuff. Um, grew one of the best vacation rental companies in the, in the country uh, over, you know, uh, a period of time. But, you know, I mean, look, I, I, I took, I'll just tell you this, I kind of back it up a little bit. So I was, I was doing sales, uh, prior to that real estate sales and I was doing really well. Like I was making, you know, good six figure, you know, income and, and, and it was going well, uh, had, had my wife was pregnant at the time. Uh, but I fucking hated sales. I hated I didn't hate sales. I hated real estate sales. Hmm. And, um, I looked at her one night and I was like, yo, like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like let's start a property management company. Um, and she was pregnant at the time. We didn't have a whole lot of money, you know, in savings. And she was just like, yeah, let's do it. We sat down that night and like drew up a logo on the on the <laughs> dining room table. Uh, the first year, I think I made like $32,000. <laughs> um, the second year I made like $55,000, you know, and I was working like 14 hour days with a with a pregnant wife. And then and then a, at that point, a baby at the house. And um, yeah, so it was just like, a, it was a real great, grind to get it going and then years three four five and on like really started to take off right so it's like planting that seed and and doing the work and and it's the same thing in web three it's the same thing with you know with the nft project especially with the pandas um but yeah so that's that's you know a little bit of my background um i've managed you know hundreds and hundreds of people thousands of people probably over my lifetime um i've still got a hundred plus that work for me now, uh, in other businesses. But yeah, I got into web three, like in 18. I hate, I hate the word web three, by the way, crypto. I got into crypto in, <laughs> in uh, in 18, uh, and jumped in kind of like it was when the 17 crash happened. Right. And it went from like 20 to 10 really fast. Yep. And I was yeah, like, all right, I'm going to shove right here because this is where I think the fucking, like, this is the money maker, right? And I shove seven figs in and it goes to like 3K immediately. And then, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Arthur, Arthur Hayes. Arthur Hayes literally turns yeah. off the machine. Remember yeah. <laughs> like, to save us from um, fucking zero. Um, yeah, I'm like, all right, this is, this is a kind of a wild industry. I'm down massive. I might as well just dive in. So I literally never left. So nice. after that, I went i went full-time in crypto i was like fuck this like this is exciting there's so much innovation going on um it's it's a gigantic casino at the same time uh i love it you know what i mean and uh, so i really never left after that point
0: you're absolutely built for it though man like every time i've talked to you like I, i i know the first time we talked i was like this guy gets crypto he gets web3 he gets the audience that we're talking to Um, even, even like anybody that's listening to this right now, you need to follow his Twitter. It's Icebags on Twitter with a Z. He calls out people. He has some, uh, big opinions we'll say, but like it's spot on. I'm like, I could relate, you know, a lot of things you say I'm like on board with and a lot of things that people are actually would probably be nervous to say. Let alone, like, I could see you saying that to someone's face, let alone on Twitter. It just doesn't matter. And I love how you, uh, and it, it almost, like, feeds into your community, too. Like, your community is like it, that, too. Like, no nonsense. It
1: does. And, and, and that's what I love about the Pandas community versus other NFT communities. And I'm not here to shit on anybody, but, like, a lot of it is very kid-centric, right? Like, the NFT space in general. It's a lot of it's yeah. geared towards kids, kids, IPs and, and all kinds of stuff, you know, and ours is, is we, you know, I, I kind of coined the phrase sophisticated degenerate <laughs> and that's what we are. Right. And it's like a bunch of adults. It's, it's more, I guarantee our average age holder is a little bit older than most projects. And it's like, they've got families and they've got businesses, you know, outside of, of crypto but yet they, they all do the same. We all do the same shit, right? We always like, we all like to go, you know, to football games and, and concerts and, and party a little bit, you know, in our downtime, it's like work hard, play hard. And that's kind of like the mentality behind the pandas for sure. Yeah. But I, I'll just say this. They'd probably like me to be a little less vocal, you know, on, uh, on Twitter sometimes, but at this point I'm 41 years old, I've had enough success. Like I don't need to kowtow and tiptoe around, you know, on fucking Twitter. I'm not going to do it.
2: Man, I, I can't wait to dive into your social. Maybe that's why I resonated with Kampai so much right when I clicked on the website and art because, you know, that's kind of my demographic. I'm uh, in that age bracket. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear about, I love hearing origin stories. I know you didn't come in as original founder. You actually kind of pulled like a Pudgy Penguins, right? You came in and took over the project. Uh, but maybe you can tell me a little bit about Campai Pandas, like how that originate. Was that a company before? I, I know Kampai is Japanese. It means cheers in Japanese, right? Uh, and I see a lot of Asian uh, influence in the, yeah. the clothes. So yeah, just tell me a little bit about Kampai and how you got to take over the whole project.
1: I am culturally appropriating Joe, and I apologize if that offends <laughs> you. No, it's okay. No, definitely. my wife's. Hey, look, my wife's Asian, so they can't say shit to me. <laughs> um, so so here, it's it's actually a really wild story. Um, Love it. So it was. I was helping them the meta back in like what was it? The, the meta was like April of twenty one. It was. Mm-hmm shit bear market. But the meta back then was always honoraries, right? Like you always wanted to have like the biggest names with an honorary and showing it off. So I had helped some of my friends, you know, get honoraries to like 50 of the top, you know, influencers on Twitter and everything was going great. Me and my boy had actually had actually uh, flown over to uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, and we were sitting in the, the high limit room like ready to mint, okay, for, for the mint. And the reason is, is they had, they had uh, the casino was, it was uh, it was gonna be day four of the Masters and the casino called us and was like, hey, you guys wanna come over here? We're gonna take a plane to Augusta and walk the Masters for the final round. And I'm like, fuck yes. We yeah. shot over to Bluxy really quick and we're sitting in the high limits room, like ready to mint. And I had never minted anything, hmm. okay? And I'd never been really in a discord, okay? Hmm. And the contract breaks at mint. Oh, and I'm, I go into discord and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right? Like, it's like rug, rug, these guys are scammers. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God, like what is going on? So they hit me up and they're like, they're they're Of course they're in panic mode. And it's like, you know, I, I'm like, here's your options. Just refund the money, you know, and try to do it at a later date. Once you get everything fixed or, you know, this, or I was like, or, and I was way too many drinks in, I was like, I'll just take it over and like, give you a cut. Nice. <laughs> And they're like, let's do that. And so I literally leave. I I call my pilot at like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, we're going back to Destin right now. And so I skip the Masters. I stay up all night. Uh, I'm outside, I remember I was outside drinking wine by the by the fire pit, and I and I hit out on Twitter, and I'm like, I'm taking over this fucking project, and you know I'm gonna make this so successful. You know who wants to who wants to help me? Because I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> and Primo <laughs> from Layer Zero hits me on Telegram like two minutes later, and he's like, he's the only other guy that's up just 24. I don't <laughs> think the guy sleeps. And he's like, hey, he's like, let's do this Omni Chain Ghostly Ghosts had just launched like two days prior. Three days prior, right? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, let's do it on Omnichain. And unfortunately, we were the first like paid mint that was Omnichain. So we minted on seven different chains mm-hmm. originally. And then we just minted the last thousand on Solana. So we're on eight chains. But apparently it's not real easy to uh, mint on Optimum or uh, Optimism and BSC and Arbitrum at the time was still not even popping. Mm-hmm. Uh, AVAX, Phantom, like who the fuck mints on Phantom, right? <laughs> but we minted on all these things. So then of course, as you can imagine, what happens is we met in USDC, right? Cause I'm a, I'm a business guy. I'm like, I want, I want the locked in funds so that we know like what we're sitting at. Right. And the problem is, is since it's Omnichain, you can move over to ETH too, right? So now people are minting, they're moving things over to ETH. And now the floor price is dropping to like 250. So nobody's minting again. It took us seven months to mint out. Seven months. Like nobody would work that, that mint. Like every other founder, I just, I I don't give a fuck. Every successful founder in, in an NFT project right now would not have done what, what I did and what we did as a team. I pulled out like 600 K out of my own pocket because we didn't have any funds, and I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna build shit like now." Um, we ended up locking in a, a suite at the uh, Raiders Allegiant Stadium for 15 years uh, for access for our holders. Uh We, I mean, dude, I had to give a look. I had to give away a, a board ape at, at peak, uh a doodle at peak, a moonbird at peak, a Macy at peak. Like we spent so much money just trying to get. We're like, you know, if you meant you know, 25, you're we, in the raffle, right? So then people are just minting these things just, just to win a <laughs> fucking board Ape or some shit. Like, it was a disaster, boys. <laughs> but the biggest thing is, is like it built a really hardcore community because these, yeah. these bastards sat around for seven months <laughs> watching this mint, right? Like, they, they believed in the vision and what we were building. Now, of course, everything has drastically changed since what we you know started with versus where we are today but yeah that's that's the origin story of the project it's a pretty wild one
0: how many uh, how many camp pies have you given away total
1: <laughs> Give I think the there's number. a uh, I think there's a website I think it's maybe icebags.lol. and <laughs> no the guy way. tracks the value of the pandas um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like dude it was like at least it, I think we're up to like three sixty five, oh. three seventy, and that oh, was and whoa. that was stuff that I purchased personally. This wasn't like out mm-hmm. of like, you know, a treasury. This is stuff that I purchased personally.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're still doing. I just put my. Uh, I still. Uh,
1: I I did one yesterday. Yeah, I've done yeah, like four in the last week.
0: I just put everybody who's listening to this, you need to go to Ice Bags' uh Twitter and you need to put your score prediction for the Super Bowl. I threw my I threw my score predictions in for the AFC, NFC predictions. I missed on both of them and got hit hard by the books as well. So I didn't do too good. But and I didn't win a panda. But if you go to his Twitter, you can uh, put a score prediction, read the instructions, because even going through the comments, like even after people put their predictions in, it seemed like people were messing it up. You have to put like the combination, the, the winning quarterback yards, and the combination of the two quarterbacks. You can win a panda, or you could win $5,000 in the RS, RST token. Tell us a little bit about that token. You took that over, what, just a month or two ago, right?
1: Yeah, last, uh, last month, like the, pretty much beginning of the year. Um, I had been, an advi- it was like the first project I've ever really advised on. And I advised on them, I've advised for them for like two years, right? And it just went nowhere. Um, it started out as kind of a meme token. Then they started building a TCG game it was one of the first games to go on Epic game store that was actually like web three based. So they had some success there. Uh, and then I, I partnered up Alex, uh, Moody who on seeded network, he came to me like at the uh, sometime in, in December and he's like, Hey, you know, there's an opportunity to buy rainy studios. What do you think? And so him and I talk, he's had a lot of success. He's got a massive team behind him. Um, and I was like, "Look, there's there's opportunity there. Obviously, I'm a huge holder. I've got a huge bag of it. Like, fuck it, let's buy it and do it and do something, right? So, we did that. Um, like, he's got like Mike Haller is our head of gaming, who was like." One of the guys that started like Akira, you know, several anime shows, uh, WCW, WWE, Def Gem uh, Vendetta, Medal of Honor, um, which essentially was the team that went on to build Call of Duty. Um, So we've got heavy hitters in there. We've got a a huge IP coming out probably within the next three weeks um, that's combat sports related. Uh, So we'll drop that in about three weeks. But it's going to be very large. And then I'm also talking to one of the top UFC fighters on the planet about building a game um, for him as well through Rainy Studios. So I think it's going to be the biggest comeback story in the gaming sector for sure, uh, because we have because we have so much reach outside of just the crypto sphere as well. Right. Like we're going to be bringing in like big IP, big names of relevant people that you just don't see very often in crypto
0: calling out uh some of the big name ufc fighters i know we've talked about this in the past but i've seen interviews with john jones repping the campi panda hoodie absolutely oh actually speaking of which hold on mess this one up boys this uh <laughs> i saw mike perry wearing this uh once on like a podcast i think you're one of your podcasts and i was like i'm buying I think that it was hat. on
1: rogan actually i think it was Maybe. on joe rogan it, it, was yeah. a,
0: it, was a, it was a sweet hat. And I was like, I'm getting that hat. So I'm going to rep the camp for the rest of this thing. But uh, I also saw – so I went to Penn State. And I was a, I, I wrestled in uh, high school and grade oh. school. And I followed Penn State wrestling. And whenever Bo Nickel was on Contender Series, I was like this big Bo Nickel fan. I was like telling everyone. I was like, this guy mauls people. You have no idea what type of mentality this guy has. He's <laughs> He wins Contender Series. And – my degenerate personality, I buy like a ton of his rookie cards on eBay and they're like cheap and I'm just stockpiling them. Now I'm following you on Twitter one day. And I think, was he at your house? And, or maybe
1: you were you guys were like hanging no, out was somewhere? At, uh, I was in Miami. I was at Malki Kawa's house. So Malki Kawa owns uh, first round management. They're, probably, they're either number one or two of the largest uh, combat sports management companies. So they've got like 200 athletes. They've got John Jones, Bo Nickel, Ilya Tapuria, uh, Mighty Mouse, Kevin uh, Kevin Holland, Cannoneer, <laughs> like on and on and on, right? And then they've also gotten really big into football. They did, He's the one that did um, the Jonathan Taylor deal where they held out and then he got a huge payday for the oh, Colts. Oh, Yeah. So that yeah, was yeah, yeah. So I was at Malky's house. He's a partner of mine and he's an advisor and partner in Campi pandas. And we're doing some other stuff together as well. But um, it was, it was at dinner and he's like, Hey, you want to, he's like, you want to come over to the house? He's like, Bo Nickel and Ilya Tepoir are coming over. And my mom's cooking. I was like, yeah, I'm 100% in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see. I follow Bo Nickel on Twitter and his, his damn uh, profile picture is PFP is a can pie panda. He's a
1: panda. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. It's uh, and I'm just like, this is coming full circle in my life. Uh, again, huge Campi Panda fan here, and been introducing it to Joe as much as I could. But you're absolutely killing it out there, man! And uh, just love to see like all the success. Again, I can just see how you you definitely vibe with your community, and you know how to grow a crypto NFT project better
2: than anybody in the space, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, let me let me wind it back to the uh, the tweet, the the Super Bowl tweet, because uh, born and raised San Francisco, haven't won a Super Bowl in three decades, so. What's your take? What's your, is it Niners? Is it Chiefs? What's your prediction?
1: <sighs> Ooh, what's the line on that? Like San Fran slight favorite, like two and a half, I think is what, maybe what it opened at. Um, man, <sighs> the Chiefs look like, they look like shit all season. Right. And now all of a sudden <laughs> yeah. in, in the playoffs, they look like they were just built for this shit. Right. Like Mahomes looked looks so good, uh, against Baltimore. Ah, <sighs> I'm going to say this, I'm going to go, I'm going to go San Fran based on the fact that I think the public is going to eat the chiefs up at such a small line. I'm going San Fran. I don't think they've looked as good down the stretch, but I think they're, they're more
2: well-rounded. Nice. And my next question is this, cause I'm definitely buying camp pie. How do we, how do we get into the suite at Allegiant? How does the camp pies get in on that?
1: <laughs> yeah. So what, what we did this year was we did, um, so we built a whole ecosystem with, with, uh, points. Okay. And so ours is ours is quite different, right? So you can have like we have trait swapping, and so you can we've got a trait swapping and something called dynamic rarity that we built. And so essentially, you can use these points that you get on a daily basis for free um, to buy traits, to buy that kind of stuff, um, and then you can like upgrade your panda and you can move up and earn more points in a day. So it's like a little bit of a game within a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a raffle section, and that's one of our biggest things. We like we take revenue. From from the company, and then we put it in the raffle section. So what we did with the suite this year was we raffled off two seats every single game um, with points. Right, so it doesn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. You get points daily, then you have a chance to win tickets to the to the suite. Um, and then we would sell the rest at at face value to the pandas.
2: Nice. And I had a question about just running an NFT company. You running very successful companies. I don't I don't think this is just a labor of love. What's How's it been? We know royalties have been shut off for a lot of projects. Like what's, what's success look like for you guys nowadays?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously been tough because um, here's the thing, right? Like we never, we never saw the mania phase. Like like mm. pandas have never seen a bull market yet, right? We were born mm-hmm. in 21. Pretty much every other major blue chip had a bull market, built a very loyal following out of that because the prices went so high. We haven't had that yet. Um, and we came in kind of at the tail end of the royalty deal. So I'll guarantee you, like in total, we've probably made 400 K in royalties where companies were making that in like two days, you know, back in the heyday. Um, but what we do is, is, is we build businesses out of, you know, out of the company. So if you look at like what we are really like, at first we were kind of like this experience club, you know? Mm where we threw parties and events and UFC suites and things like that. And we still do a lot of that, but we've really grown into a media company. Mm -hmm. So like our, our, like we've got the Overdogs podcast. It's myself, Mike Perry and Mac Malley. In the last 90 days, I think we have something like 32 million views and listens across all platforms, uh, which is massive. Right. And um, we're launching uh, uh, Overdogs Espanol here, I think in the next week or so, Yoel Romero is the, uh, is the host on that. Uh, and then we've got a trivia show that's actually kicking off tonight that we're doing live. We've got like three or four more shows planned and then we'll be funneling, you know, this is going to build a massive funnel and we've got stuff that's coming up that we (laughs) haven't necessarily announced. That's gonna, that's gonna really be the money driver there.
2: Nice. I was just going to echo what you said right there, Josh. I, I, first thing I did was click on your guys' YouTube and surprisingly, or not surprisingly, now that you, you've spoken about it, you guys are doing really well. In terms of media, yeah, thousands of views if over you know fifty thousand views per video. That's really really good. So I'm excited. I'm excited for what you guys are gonna do. And and you didn't ask this, but I'm just gonna say, if there's gonna be a camp pie from the Niners, it's definitely not Brock Purdy. It's probably uh, you know it's Kittle. Kittle, hundred <laughs> percent, Actually, I actually yeah. almost
1: worked out a deal with him um, to, to to rock the gear. Yeah. Awesome. So, but we I was like, ah, oh, we'll just we'll stay MMA right now. Okay. You know, before we branch out because MMA to me is like the biggest opportunity. Um, when it comes to like marketing, especially yeah. because the market is, is usually that, that 20 to, you know, 50 year old male, right. Um, a lot of them are, you know, have, have, you know, money, money to spend. Um, and it's the third largest sport on the planet and it's the fastest growing and it's probably the least market and least utilized when it comes to, you know, mm-hmm. deals and things like that and pay, you know what I mean? Like you got a guy in the NBA making you know, $25 million a year. Right. And you got guys in the UFC, in the UFC, making 20K a fight,
0: yeah, which is it, insane. It, it caught a ton of steam in the COVID days, too, because they were the one league that was, didn't shut anything right. down. Right. Dana White was still putting on fights. I was a UFC fan before then, but I started, like, really looking forward to the UFC fights during COVID because there was nothing other than playing golf, going to my job, And hanging out with my family, I didn't have anything else to do. And I'm a big sports guy, so I really was addicted to UFC. I know my time at DraftKings, we saw a huge surge of just UFC viewership and ownership and entries overall. Uh, Rolling back to Back About the Pandas, and you were talking about the trait swapping. And I've always thought that was so unique because not a lot of other projects do that. Um, it, when you upgrade your traits, does your rarity change? Is it always changing? So the number one rarity could be the number five rarity if somebody kind of bumped. So it's always, it's a sliding scale.
1: So, so, so here's, here's what, here's, it took us six months to plan this, right? To plan out the points ecosystem and the dynamic rarity portion of it. And we're the only ones that I know of on the planet that have this, Um and so what we did to maintain rarity while also, while also making it like a fun game for people is it's, it's tiered, right? So you've got one of ones, and then you've got infinities, and then you've got aliens, and then you've got zombies, and then you've got golds, and then you've got the rest, the, the other 90% of the collection, which are the regular bodies. And so you can't pass another tier. Right. So it main it helps maintain rarity like on golds and zombies and aliens and things like that. Now they can they can pass each other in that tier, but it's on the rares are only 10% of the collection. So it gives people in the rest of the 90% collection of what people consider floors, right? It gives them an opportunity to like earn points and work. And then based on aesthetics that they build or based on rarity they're able to sell them for more. Hmm. You know, that's that's what the market does. So it really brings an interesting dynamic, especially for people that don't have the ability to own, you know, rares, right. is it gives them the ability to buy one Panda kind of work at it and then get more value out of it. And then one of the bigger things that we're doing here in the next, I don't know, probably two to three weeks is we're taking all of the traits and you'll be able to mint them as NFTs and we're launching it with Tensor on Solana okay. because- People have been trading these, these traits like for 0.5 ETH o- OTC, but now we're going to mint all of the traits on Solana mm. and they can, they can make money by they, they get the traits for free. Right. And then they go and sell them on, Sol- on, on Solana for whoever wants those, those specific traits. There, there was
0: something you tweeted out. I think it was you. So correct me if I'm wrong. This is maybe weeks ago and it just caught my eye because I was like, that's, that's a good idea. Uh, something along the lines of rewarding holders based on rarity. So if you have like a token or any sort of airdrop, possibly like allocating, you know, m- the better rarity you have, the more of an airdrop you're going to have. And I was like, why is nobody doing that? It just seemed like a really good idea. Maybe <laughs> it's from a technical side point that might be very difficult. But I always thought that was a really sharp point on your end.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it is, right? Like you want to you reward those people um, that, that really have conviction and, and pay higher prices for rarity, right? And so we're going to do that for sure. Uh, we clawed back when Alex and I um, bought uh, Rainy Studios, we clawed back 50 million team tokens. And so we've already said, like, we're going to airdrop it to seed holders and to CanPai Panda holders. And that will definitely be done in a rarity-based structure. And if we happen to launch a token later, it'll definitely be based on a rarity-based you know, based structure for sure.
0: So, Joe, for your future camp high, rarity matters, my man. So I see a gold panda in your future very soon. The, they look great. No, they the upset. best. You should take a look at them.
2: No, the one, the <laughs> one that I wanted, that was, it just got gobbled up off the floor. So, yeah, I need to go shopping again.
1: I mean, here's <laughs> the good thing, Joe, is you don't necessarily have to just go off of looks, right? because you can change right. your Panda and you can make it look however you want to. So like we just did a drop with uh, froggy cyborg that, that does like all the painted, all the Panda or the penguin gifs. And he's one of the, he's one of like mm. the most loved, I guess, web three artists. And so we had him design a trait pack drop. And so the cool thing about like what we've built too is, you know, th- let's, let's look ahead like a year or two from now. Right. We go to Supreme, you know, we're, we're one of the biggest projects on the planet and, so, and we go to Supreme and we're like, Hey, Let's collab on a trait drop, right? It doesn't really cost you any money, and now all of a sudden, all of our people are rocking supreme traits and they're limited and things like that. Like they, it opens up this whole door of like future collaborations that aren't really possible with other projects.
0: Now, does it matter if you buy a because I know you can't buy the Solana Candas uh, on like Blur or OpenSea with a lot of NFT traders are usually gravitating to those ETH. NFTs, but now we've seen such a big push to Solana and you've been there before even this huge boom over there. Does it matter if you get a Solana NFT, Ethereum NFT, you still have the same access as a holder?
1: Yeah, they're all exactly the same. Yeah. And, you know, we, I mean, just to say this, we launched on Solana when it was like (laughs) $19 or something. Right. And, and, and people told me we did, we did a a Dutch auction Mm. because we already had a floor price of like one and a half ETH right? And now we're adding a thousand more on Solana and nothing had ever minted on Solana anywhere near those fucking prices, right? Like, like not even close. And all the Solana guys were like, you're crazy. You're never going to get this, blah, 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 blah. But I said, look, I can't, I can't hurt my other holders, you know, that have held for a year and a half and drop and just give out like a free mint or a $400 mint when they're worth, you know, several thousand dollars. And we ended up minting that out in one day. Uh, all thousand, it was the highest meant to ever go on Solana, but layer zero is also going to be building the bridge, I would say in Q1. Um, so you'll be able to move, you know, from ETH to Solana or Solana to ETH or wherever you want to at that point.
2: Amazing. I, I don't have any further questions at this point. I'm just curious, is there a big camp high party that I could attend this, this upcoming year in 2024?
1: So we just, we just threw, um, we have one annually called pandemonium. So the first year we rented the, uh, downtown Las Vegas event center, which holds like 20,000 people. (laughs) And, uh, we rented that out. We had a Dr. Fresh, Dioro, Tyga, Rich, the kid. Um, I know I'm missing a couple of people. I'm sorry. Bijou. We had uh, E-Rock and and Romeo, uh, Vegas DJs play. So we did that the first year. The second year, what we did, uh, we rented out Dre's After Hours, one downstairs. Uh, So we rented that out and um, had a couple of DJs play. But we had a bunch of um, UFC stars that came, that swung through and partied with us as well. I know Aljamain Sterling, Jamal Charles, Mike Perry was there. Um, So it's, it's always a good time. So we do that once a year.
0: Nice. Yeah, so you know, pretty much pretty much wrapping up just for everybody who's like watching in the audience. I mean, Campi Pandas is uh, you know, make your own financial decisions here. I'm wearing a Campi Panda hat, so obviously I'm a big fan and I've been harassing Josh to get on here because I know our audience absolutely is going to love this project. But they're building something bigger, better and badder than most NFT projects that have been out for 2 3 times the amount of time. And if you even just look at their, we don't base everything off a floor price, but if you even just look at their floor price, it is like the most beautiful looking chart ever because they're delivering, they listen to their community, and they care about, you know, NFTs and crypto overall, and and they're doing stuff that's never been done before. They're one of the first projects to go omni-chain. They're giving away in real life events, they're giving away crazy apparel, I mean, And then you have other projects that are sitting on $20, $50 million in a treasury, and their price is just down only. So really, when you're evaluating NFT projects, I'd recommend everybody take a deep look at Campi Pandas. At the very least, you have to follow my guy Icebags here because he drops all sorts of alpha and knowledge on Twitter. Again, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. So if you have uh, some strong opinions, you might wanna just keep them to yourselves and just read his. (laughs) So uh, Josh, again, appreciate you jumping on my man. It's uh, been a pleasure and looking forward to meeting you in person at one of these parties finally.
1: Yeah, for sure. Let me know, I'll I'll, I'll keep you posted on when we throw the next one.
0: Awesome, thanks man.